0: Eleventh chapter, Acts the eleventh chapter, Acts the eleventh chapter. Let's get right into the Word of God. Notice in Acts eleven twenty three. Let's turn there. Acts eleven twenty three. Let's turn there. Acts eleven twenty three. And actually, I, I believe I want verse twenty six. Let's go to twenty six. Acts eleven twenty six. It's only three verses off. Acts eleven twenty six 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Now notice this. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples... Now notice this. The disciples, the disciplined ones, those who were following Jesus, were first called Christians... In Antioch. What were they called? They were called Christians. 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 You know, uh, Billy Graham is one of the greatest preachers of all time, you know. And he has a magazine that that he had put out. And Actually, his son, son Franklin, had sent out a letter. And the concept of it is, is, what is a Christian? What is a Christian? What is a Christian? And, you know, a lot of people, when you ask them that, they think a lot of different things. Some people think that to be a Christian, you just had to be raised in a Christian home. Or some people think that if your mom and your dad were a Christian, you're automatically a Christian. Do you know that that's not so? You know it's not, it's not so. Just because your mom and dad were Christians, or just because you had a grandma that was a Christian, or an aunt that was a Christian, or, you know, that doesn't make you a Christian. The United States is known as a Christian nation. Just because you live in the United States doesn't make you a Christian. Some people think that if they can be good enough, ...and do enough good deeds that will make them a Christian. Or some people think that if they attend a church that has the word Christian on it... ...or if there's a cross on the back wall of the sanctuary... ...just because they go to that church, they're a Christian. Others think because they're a member of a church, they're a Christian. And you know none of that's true. Some people think because they, they've been water baptized that that makes them a Christian. Or they were confirmed when they were a baby... They think that makes them a Christian. None of those things make, make a person a Christian. You understand that. None of those things qualify you as a Christian. And that's what Billy Graham was bringing out and his son, Franklin Graham, in the letter that was sent out to their mailing list. They were trying to get that across to people. Uh, that That just because you do any of those things I mentioned and i just mentioned some of the things that people think will make them a christian but but none of those things make you a christian and that was billy graham's point is that just because you go to a church that's a christian church or just because you give tithes and offerings or any of these because you serve in the church none of these things make you a christian you have to be a, become a christian by what jesus called the new birth the new birth you, you must be born again. Remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, you know, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these miracles that you do, except God be with him, and so on and so forth. And as it goes along there in John, the third chapter, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus was thinking naturally, and he said, well, born again, how can I enter into my mother's womb and be born a second time? You know, He said, how can I be born now that I'm old? And have, have, How can I go back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? And you're naturally thinking that's what you would, would come up with. But Jesus said that you must be born again, born of the Spirit. Or Actually, over in John 3, that means born from above. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so you must be born of the Spirit or born from above or born again. Notice in John 1 verse 11. John 1 verse 11. Notice this. John 1 verse 11. Jesus came to His own and His own did not receive Him. But as many as received Him. Now that's important. Because that tells you how you get born again. It's by receiving Him. And if you study the entirety of the Word of God... You'll see that to get born again, to become a Christian, you have to repent of your sins. That just simply means you have to realize you're a sinner, you need to change directions and go the other way. Have a change of heart. Repent. You must repent. And then you must receive Jesus. You must invite Him into your life. You must accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Confess Him as your Lord and Savior. When you do that, you get born again. And so when this says, as many as received him, what what that's talking about is is repenting of your sins and asking Jesus into your heart, into your life. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who what? Believe in his name. And that's not a believing with your head, that's a complete selling out to him with your heart. That's what that, that word means there. And then it says in verse 13, who were born. Now who were the people who got born here? Those who received him and believed in his name, in Jesus' name. Who were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. How do you become a Christian? How do you Receive the life of God. How do you miss hell and make heaven? By repenting of your sins and accepting Jesus Christ into your heart. Receiving Him. And you get born again. And when someone says they're a Christian now, you should have a better understanding of what it means. It does not just mean that you attend a church. Now, you know Christians attend church. Is that right? But attending a church doesn't make you a Christian. Did you get get that? You know, you understand that, see? But you see, when someone says they are a Christian, it should declare something. It should declare something. It should declare that they have forsaken their own way to follow Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? It should declare that they have forsaken their own way to follow Jesus Christ. When someone says they're a Christian, it should declare that I've given up what I want to do to do what He wants me to do. Jesus said that those that would follow Him must take up their cross. What does that mean? That means to crucify your flesh, to put your own wants and desires aside and to do what He wants you to do. That's what it means to be a Christian. You see, we read in the opening verse that the disciples were called first Christians at Antioch. See, you you have to to be a Christian, you, you need to be born again and then you need to have disciplined yourself to follow Jesus Christ no matter what the cost. When you say you're a Christian, it should declare that there is a difference between the way you live and the way the world lives. The Bible says come out from among the world, come out from among them and be separate and I'll receive you, says the Lord. That's what the Bible says. And I'll be a father to you, you'll be a son to me and so on. You see, when someone says they're a Christian, it should mean more than, well, I just go to church on Sunday. It it should be declaring that 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, I've laid my desires aside to follow Jesus Christ. I've disciplined myself to be a follower of His. And so I'm titling the message here today, uh, Christian Christians, Christian Christians. Now that may seem a little confusing when I say that, Christian Christians. You know, I've met Christians over the years, but when you really get to know them a little bit, they sure don't act like Christians. They sure don't conduct themselves like Christians. They sure don't talk like Christians ought to talk. I want people that attend Summit Church to be Christian Christians as opposed to non-Christian Christians. You know, it's a shame that I even have to say that today and I realize it may be a little confusing, but when I say Christian Christians, I mean this. I want people that attend here, when I say to be Christian Christians, I want you to be for real Christians. I want you to be a Christian Christian, not a non-Christian Christian. You know what I'm saying by that? I want you to be for real I said, I want you to be for real. I don't want you to be just Christian in name only, and then when you leave the church, you go out into your everyday life and you act just like the world. That's not what I call a Christian Christian. Did you get what I just said? It's time for all of us to take a good, long, hard look at ourselves and see, are we really Christians? Are we really acting like Christians? Are we really doing what we're supposed to be doing as Christians? You know, in the time in which we live, I've observed and I want to read from my notes, I've observed there are Christians, and then there are Christian Christians. What does it mean when I say Christian Christian? Say this. To be a Christian Christian, a Christian. Means, I'm means I'm for real. Do you know what I, do you get what I mean by that? How many's getting what I mean by that? How many of you, you've seen somebody that says they're a Christian, they go to a, they go, they, they go to a church where they even teach the new birth and, and the baptism in the Spirit and all that like we do here, but then you see them in everyday life and, and they're acting just like the world. How many ever seen that besides me? And you wonder, I, I thought they were a Christian. Has anybody ever wondered that beside me? You know, I, now I realize there are differing stages of spiritual development. You know, I realize that when you first get born again, that it, it may take you some time to get your flesh under control and and, and get your mouth under control and all of that. But I, I've I've seen Christians, you know, they say they're Christians. They've been they've been born again supposedly for you know twenty and thirty years, and and they but they don't act like Christians. You know, I, I guess where, where I've kind of gotten a. a Big dose of what i 'm talking about here today is is Facebook. is anybody familiar with facebook now to tell you the truth i don't i don't go on it hardly at all i i, I don't i don 't think there's anything wrong with it i you know it needs to be used for good things but but I know i 've gone on to Facebook or my wife has been up on it and and i realize I do realize some things can get put on your site when somebody Tags you or whatever it's called, and sometimes some of their stuff can get on your site, and and things can be on your site a lot of times that you well how did that get there? And so I understand that, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I've looked at Facebook here in the last couple of weeks, months, and, and 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 I'm I'm talking about people that that say they're Christians, they say they're born again, they say that they're that they're saved, you know, and they call themselves Christians. Yet when you look at Their Facebook... And I'm talking about stuff they put up themselves. Things that they put on there themselves. You look at the risque pictures that they put on there of themselves. Posing seductively. How many of you know Christians... Christian Christians don't do that. Uh, They put up pictures of themselves posing in, in sexual connotative ways. Christian, Christian, don't do that. And then you look at some of the foul, sexually explicit language that they used. I, I said foul, sexually explicit language that they use. They put it up themselves. And, and, and they call it, and it says religion, and they'll put Christian. And you happen to know they go to a church that really teaches the new birth and believes in living right and all that, and they call themselves Christians, but yet you, you'll see and they'll, they'll have a seductive pose of themselves. And, and, and it lists religion, Christian, and then there's a seductive pose of themselves, and then, and then foul mouth, sexually explicit stuff. that you know, and, and they say they're Christians. Dear friends, we need to take another look at some of these things. I said we need to take another look at some of these things. Can anybody say amen? amen. You know, it, it's something Paul dealt with, the Apostle Paul, who wrote nearly two thirds of the New Testament. Look at 1 Corinthians 5 9. Let's turn there. 1 Corinthians 5 9. Let's turn there. 1 Corinthians 5 9. He says, I wrote to you in my epistle or in my letter not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Okay, all right. But then he says something. He said, Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world, or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since then you'd have to go out of the world. How many of you know we're here as Christians as light of the world? We're supposed to be interacting with sinners, people We're supposed to be interacting with the sexually immoral people. You know what I mean by that? By being a light to them and... And, and, and sharing Jesus with them. You understand that? But we shouldn't be running with those people. You know what I mean by that? You know what I mean? And doing the things they do. And so what he's saying here is he says, I wrote to you in my letter not to keep company with sexually immoral people. He's saying you shouldn't be running around and palling around with people that are sinners and sexually immoral. But then verse 10, he's saying, hey, I'm not saying you shouldn't be a light to them. I'm not saying you shouldn't reach out to them and love them and share Jesus with them, okay? You understand that. But then he's saying we should should do that. But then in verse 11, he's kind of summing up what I just said here about the comment I made about Facebook and whatnot. And again, Facebook can be a good thing if it's used for, for a good thing. You understand? But look at verse 11. But now I have written to you He's writing to Christians, he says, I've written to you not to keep company with anyone named a, named a, named a brother, that means named a Christian, who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. That's pretty bold, isn't it? I believe believe they had these same issues in the day that Paul lived in. I think they have probably got progressively worse to the day we've lived in. But nonetheless, you see that he was dealing with people who were calling themselves Christians, but yet there was sexual immorality around them. Uh, uh, How many of you know a Christian Christian, a real Christian, doesn't have sex before they get married? No exceptions. Yeah, pastor, I messed up. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. But Christian, for real Christians, don't do that. Are covetous, wanting what the other guy has. An idolater, putting anything ahead of God. Real Christians don't put anything ahead of Jesus a reviler, a drunkard. Did you know drunkenness is condemned in Scripture? An extortioner. He says not even to eat with such a person. So Paul, I mean, I'm in good company here by the statement I made a moment ago. When people go on Facebook and they put up, I'm a Christian, and then there's risque pictures of themselves posing with sexually connotative way and then the the foul mouth sexual stuff that some people put on there. I'm telling you what... Uh, I'm concerned for them. I said, I'm concerned. So I want to just take a few more moments here this morning and just kind of go through the Scripture and take a look at what it means to be a Christian Christian. Now, do you get what I mean when I say Christian Christian? I'm saying a for-real Christian. How many of you really want to be a for-real Christian? I want to be a for-real Christian. I really do. I want this church to produce for-real Christians. Amen. Amen. And so sometimes you can tell what something is by looking at what it is not. Did you get what I just said? Sometimes you can tell what something is by looking at what it is not. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, who God used to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament, he listed again and again and again clearly things that Christians are not. And so I just want to take a few moments here and look at some of the scriptures to see what Christians are not. Now, he already gave us a list there in 1 Corinthians 5.11. Notice what he said. He said, but look at this. But now I've written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is what? Who is what? Who is sexually immoral. That means having sex outside of a man and a woman as a husband and a wife. Covetous, wanting what the other guy has. Idolater, putting... Anything ahead of Jesus. See, Christian Christians don't do those things. A reviler, a drunkard. How many of you know Christian Christians don't get drunk? Is that right? For real, Christians don't get drunk. Or an extortioner. He gave us a list there. Let's look at some others. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, 9. And I want to look at the Amplified Bible here. 1 Corinthians 6, 9... 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Now watch this. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived or misled. Now this is in the Amplified Bible. Do not be deceived or misled. And then he's going to list us some things that that for real Christians don't do. Now he says, Neither the impure and the immoral. The New King James Version brings out fornication here. That means that you're not married, but you're, neither the people having the sexual relations are married. You see, you're not married and you're having sexual relations. You see, real Christians don't do that. Did you get what I just said? Real Christians, there's no sexual relations until you're married. Amen? He says, don't be deceived, misled, neither the impure, the immoral, fornicators, nor idolaters. There's, a do, there, there's, that, there's idolaters again. What does that mean? Putting anything ahead of Jesus. How many of you know you don't have to build a golden calf to be an idolater? Is that right? Anything means anything. You put anything ahead of Jesus... You're an idolater. If I put anything ahead of Jesus, I'm an idolater. Nor adulterer. What's the difference between a fornicator and an adulterer? Growing up in church, I never knew what the difference was. They both have to do with sexual sin. But an adulterer is somebody who's married and having sex outside of their marriage union. That's adultery. Fornication is you're not, there's no marriage involved and there's sexual relations. And neither one of those real Christians do. And then it goes on, nor are those who participate in what? In, in homosexuality. And, and, and I want to make it clear here that you understand if you read 1 John, you'll see. Did you know there's a difference between practicing sin and blundering and making a mistake? How many of you know somebody could blunder and make a mistake? Is that right? But there's a difference between that and practicing. The Bible says that homosexuals are not going to share in the kingdom of God. Does Jesus love homosexuals? Yeah, but but, but but they're lost and undone without Christ. Now, is that what the Bible says? Do we bash people around here? No. I wish homosexuals would come here by the droves so I could love them with the love of the Lord and share Jesus with them and get them saved. Huh? Now, is that fair? Dear friends, we're living in a time where a lot of churches have, and I'm not saying this judgmentally, but I say it, oh my God, we're living in a time where churches have become all-inclusive and we're just going to let everybody come and let everybody be comfortable. How many of you know I want everybody to come and I want everybody to feel welcome, but I don't want anybody to feel comfortable until they've made Jesus the Lord of their life. Did you get what I just said? Now, anything less than that is not a man of God. I, I hope you'd like me to be a man of God. Verse 10 nor cheats, swindlers, and thieves. How many of you know if you're not a tither, God calls you a thief? How many of you know real Christians tithe? Is that right? How many of you know real Christians don't tip? They tithe, don't they? Nor cheats, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards. There's that drunkard again. Nor foul-mouthed revilers and slanders, extortioners, robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. And then verse 11 is actually one of my most favorite verses in all the Bible. And such were some of you. But you're washed and you're clean. Can anybody say Amen. See, so, so he just said, he just listed in verse 9 and 10 what Christians are not. So if you're a real Christian, if you're a Christian Christian, you won't be practicing verse, those things in verses 9 and 10. But how many of you know there was a day when all of us were at least one or more of some of those things we read. Is that right? Yeah. And, su- say, and such, and were, such some some were some of us, but we're washed, we're, washed. we're, clean, we're clean by the blood of Jesus. Now that's exciting, isn't it? But you're washed, you're clean, purified by a complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin and you were, and you were consecrated, set apart, hollowed. See, that happened when you got born again. And you were justified, pronounced righteous uh, by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God. See, that's how you become a Christian. And when you become a Christian, you see, you, you're going to stop practicing these things that we... That was listed in verses 9 and 10. This is a very sobering message today. Look at Ephesians 4.29, New King James. Ephesians 4.29, New King James. Let's go there. Ephesians 4.29. What is a Christian Christian? What is a for real Christian? Well, we're looking at what they're not, and by looking at what they're not, then you'll be able to tell what they are. Look at Ephesians 4.29. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. See, a lot of times people right there, they think about cussing. Well, how many of you know it's given that cussing is corrupt? Is that right? But you know what? How how many of you would agree that lying is corrupt? Slander is corrupt. Is, Is that right? How about gossip? How about talking bad about your fellow brother and sister? Huh? How about looking somebody in the eye and telling them one thing and then going behind their back and saying something else? See, Christian Christians don't do that. Is that right? Look at James 3 and 8, Amplified Bible. James 3 and 8. I just, I'm just i using the Amplified here today. It just kind of amplifies what we're trying to say here. James 3, 8, Amplified. But the human tongue can be tamed by no man. Well, that's true. You're going to need the help of God to tame your tongue. It is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable evil full of deadly poison. How many of you know that that you can harm somebody with your words just as bad and maybe even worse than you can with your fists? I've actually seen people get beat up and they've healed a lot quicker than people that have got beat up by somebody's words that have pierced into their spirit and into their soul and, and, and that sometimes they just seemingly never recover from it. And then in verse 9 he says, With it, with our tongue we bless the Lord and Father and with it we curse men who was made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes forth blessing and cursing. These things, my brethren, ought not so to be. You see, and I've seen this time and again over the years, and there was a day that I goofed up in this too, where I'd come to church and I'd bless the Lord, O oh my soul and all that is within me, bless His holy name. And then I'd go out to the restaurant and I'd talk bad about fellow brothers and sisters. And I'm ashamed to admit that. But the Lord's worked on me. I don't do that. I'd like to think I'm a Christian Christian. See, Christian Christians, you know, we all think, well, you know, I'm going to call, oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name, you know, in the church. And then we go out to the restaurant and talk bad about so-and-so. Bad about our fellow brothers and sisters. How many of you know Christian Christians don't do that? I said Christian Christians don't do that. Oh, come on. Let the Holy Spirit work on you here this morning. Come on, guys, gals. Listen. Christian Christians, for real Christians, do not come and bless the Lord and then go out to a restaurant and tear people down. I said they don't do that I said, they don't, I said, for real Christians don't do that. I said this one time and a fellow got mad and left the church. I said, for real Christians don't watch R-rated movies with all kinds of cuss words in them. He got mad and left. You know why? Because he wanted to watch those things. I'm so glad I said that. I don't take it back because maybe I got him to think about his Christianity. Come on, guys and gals. I'm trying to... I, I, I'm doing here... Look, it'd be a lot easier for me to come in and preach a hip-hip-hoorah message. But, you know, we have to have some of these too. I mean, if I'm going to be a man of God, I've got to, I can't just do the hip-hip-hoorah. I've got to teach these kinds of messages too. Can you, can you say amen? And so if we're blessing the Lord out of one side of our mouth and we're cursing people out of the other side, what does the Bible say? It said, these things ought not so to be. See, real Christians don't do that. I would like to be known around town for a church that produces Christian Christians. Amen. For real Christians. Christians who are not hypocrites. Huh? Amen. It's time to step up, guys. Yeah, it's time. Can you say amen? If you have fallen short in this, time to step up. Let's be Christian Christians. For 2 Timothy 3 1. 2 Timothy 3 1. Look at this. 2 Timothy 3 1. 2 Timothy 3 1. Amplified Bible. 2 Timothy 3 1. 2 Timothy 3 1. See, this is not, I'm not trying to condemn anybody here today. I'm just trying to get us all to soberly take a look at ourselves. Are we really Christians? I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm just saying that you have to endeavor to, to follow Jesus Christ and lay down your own desires and follow Him. And when people look at you, they see that there's something different about you. That, you know, that, that, when they look at you, they see somebody that doesn't gossip. They see somebody that doesn't complain. They see somebody that doesn't badmouth people. They see somebody that's, that's, that, that, that is excited about their relationship with Jesus. See, that's, that's the kind of Christians I want to produce out of here. Happy Christians. Amen. People that are full of the joy of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Look at this, verse 1. But understand this. See, we're looking at what Christians are not and then we'll be able to tell what they are. But but understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. I I believe we're in those last times. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered. See, Christian Christians don't care so much about themselves. They care about how can I help somebody else. People will be lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate greedy desire for wealth. Some preachers ought to take a look at that one, huh? Sometimes I wonder if some of the preachers on television are even saved. When they're trying to get your money all the time, huh? Promise you, promising you things on out beyond the Bible. I begin to wonder if those people are they really even saved? Do people that 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 that, like I said a moment ago that do people that really they come to church and they look so pious, but then they go out to a restaurant or they go home or wherever it is and they talk bad about fellow brothers and sisters. I'm beginning to wonder if there are they even really saved? people that come to churches and they cause trouble and they cause problems and they cause discontent and they, you know what I mean by that? They look you you and they smile at you so pretty and then behind your back. I'm I, I beginning to wonder, are these people really even saved? And if they are saved, they surely haven't grown up spiritually. This is very sobering here today notice for people will be lovers of self self self-centered lovers of money aroused by an inordinate greedy desire for proud and arrogant and contemptuous boasters they'll be abusive, blasphemous scoffing, disobedient to parents hey kids out there listening look a real Christian child, teenager will be obedient to their parents and parents will give a good example to their children amen ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhumane, relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanders, false accusers, troublemakers. How many of you know a Christian Christian is not a troublemaker? A Christian Christian doesn't accuse, accuse people falsely. Intemperate and loose in what? Loose in... Morals and conduct. We shouldn't be loose in morals and conduct. See, if if a if a male calls himself a Christian and he tries to get that lady to go have sexual relations with him before they get married, I have to wonder is that man really a Christian? Because a Christian Christian doesn't do that. Say amen. Loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce, haters of good. They will be treacherous, betrayers, rash and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements. Look at that, vain amusements. More than and rather than lovers of God. How many of you know sports? There's nothing wrong with sports. But dear friends, listen, tee-off time or kickoff time should not be more important to you than the house of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there anything wrong with, with going to a football game once in a while or watching it on TV? Absolutely not. All I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with that. But how many of you know Jesus should be ultimately more important to you than anything else? Is that right? Vain amusements. Vain amusements. Vain amusements. Last week's golf tournament is over. I can't even tell you who won. But I know who died on a cross for me 2,000 years ago. Look at this, verse 5. For although they hold a form of piety, true religion. See, they have a form of it. They deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. See, their conduct betrays them. It's not enough to be a Christian in word. You also have to be a Christian in deed. Say amen. And then the Bible says again, avoid all such people, turn away from them. Yeah, is that just talking about people that we consider sinners? No, this is what Paul say. Anyone named a brother that practices these things, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to what? Avoid them. Is that right? Look at Romans one. Go there quickly. Verse twenty eight. Romans 1.28, Amplified. And so, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or approve of Him or consider Him worth the knowing. See, these are people that surely aren't Christians. So we can look at what something's not and see, understand better what it is. God gave them over to a base and condemned mind to do things not proper or decent but loathsome until they were filled, permeated, and saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, iniquity, grasping, and covetous greed, and malice. They were full of envy and jealousy, murder. Well, i would never murder anybody, Pastor Terry. What does the, what is the uh, Bible say? I think it's in, I think it's in uh, 1 John. If you hate your brother, the Bible calls you a murderer. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, I'd never, I'd never commit sexual sin with a woman. Uh, yeah, but how many of you know Jesus said, if you look on a woman to lust after her, you, you've done it. It's as bad as doing it. Is that right? Now, is that correct? Come on, guys. We need to. I tell you what. If we just take a, take control of our minds and our thought life, you know, I think it'd be interesting if everybody had a TV screen in their forehead. And we could look in and see what people are thinking about. Wouldn't that? I, I, probably a lot of people wouldn't come to church. There's some days I wouldn't have come to church. How many is glad that, you get, that we can't look in and see what you're thinking about? You know, there's times I've been up here preaching and, and, and you look at people and they're just shaking their head, just, and you know they're as far away as if they were in Hawaii on vacation. You know, it's easy to be here in the, in, in the natural and be somewhere else in your mind. Is that right? Now, is that right? Did you know that usually... Well, I mean, typically as I've studied it, you don't go anywhere that your mind doesn't go first. Really what I'm talking to you about today is getting our minds under control. Is that right? Making the decision that, hey, we're going to be for real Christians. We're going to do what the Bible says do. I tell you what, if we get our minds stayed on the, on the, on the Lord and on the Word of God, the Bible says we'd have perfect peace and we wouldn't be into some of these things that we'd be into, you see. You understand? What some, some people are into now, what verse was I on? Are you with me? What verse? 29. They were filled with, permeated, saturated with every kind of unrighteous, iniquity, grasping, covetous, greed, malice, full of envy, jealousy, murder, strife, deceit, treachery, ill will, and cruel ways. They were secret, ba- Uh-oh. secret backbiters and what? Now, a Christian Christian doesn't do that. They were... He's talking about people that are lost. What what were they? They were secret what? What were they? Backbiters and what? They were secret what? Backbiters and what? These people that he's talking about are not saved people. To be a secret backbiter and gossiper, see, a Christian Christian doesn't do that. Slanderers. Hateful to and hating God. Oh, I'd never say anything bad about God, but would you talk bad about your fellow brother and sister? Full of insolence, arrogance, boasting, inventors of new forms of evil, disobedient, undutiful to parents. They were without understanding, consciouslessness, faithless, heartless, and lovers, uh, uh, loveless and merciless. That's, that's something, isn't it? Now, just two more. Go to Galatians 5.19. Galatians 5.19. Have you got enough scripture for you today? Now the the doings or the practices, this is Galatians 5.19, of the flesh are clear and obvious. So Christian Christians don't act like what we're about to read. They are, here they are. Immorality. There's that sexual thing again. Impurity, indecency, all three of those have to do with, with sexual misconduct. Idolatry, there it is again, putting anything ahead of God. Sorcery, now somebody would say, well, I would never abracadabra, I, I know that, but would you try to control somebody else, because that's, that's witchcraft, you see. Would you try to control somebody else? And also that word comes into Greek, it comes from the word pharmakia, which means drug abuse. Enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions and dissensions. How many of you know Christian Christians do not cause division Amen. and strife? They just don't. For real, Christians don't do that. And then this next one I thought was interesting: party spirit. Realize, say party spirit. party spirit. Now say it like you mean it: party spirit. Party spirit. See, a Christian Christian does not have a party spirit about him. Now, you know what I mean by that. How many of you know Christians ought to be having more fun than the world? How many of you know we ought to be having more fun than the world? I tell you what, you haven't been to a party until you've been to a party that God threw. You haven't had fun until you've been with God, until you've walked with the Lord Jesus Christ, until you've obeyed Him. You haven't had fun. You don't even know what fun is until you've walked with God so close and you've been with Him and you've been with Him in the midnight hour in prayer and you've been. You, the power of God comes in and you begin weeping under the power of God. You haven't lived until the power of God has come upon you and you begin to weep under the power of God. You don't even know what it's like to be alive. You don't know what it's like to live until you've laid hands on somebody with cancer and you commanded the cancer to die and the cancer has died. You don't know. I mean, that's fun, dear friends. I went to Branson just the other day. I was in that Noah, the musical. And at the end, the power of God was so strong in there. And the presence of God came in there. You could hardly stand up. And I began to weep under the power of God. You haven't lived until the power of God has come upon you. And you've wept and you sensed His presence. Can anybody say amen? amen. There's no sex that compares with the presence of God. There's not enough money that compares with the presence of God. There's nothing that this world has to offer, nothing that compares with the presence of God. The fastest, best car you can buy doesn't compare with the presence of God. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me, dear friends? I tell you, I tell you what, how do I get the presence of God? Start being a real Christian, be a Christian Christian, and watch the presence of God come in, my God. Amen. 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 Did you hear me? So we ought to be having more fun than the world. But what this is talking about is a party spirit. A drunken spirit. We're gonna go party it up spirit. I remember years ago when I was a child, and, I, and, and actually I say a child, a young adult, and I moved from middle school, junior high, they called it back then, into the ninth grade, and I began to attend high school, and I had some friends of mine that were friends of mine from fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and we moved into the ninth grade, and they began to, they wanted to go to the parties. They wanted to go where they had the keggers. How many know what a kegger is? You know, where the kegs of beer were, and the marijuana, and the drugs, and the sex, and the this and to that and they said Terry come on, come on, oh we're gonna have so much fun and I said no I can't do that, I love my Lord Jesus Christ and he doesn't permit me to do those things I can't go over there and do that and they said if you don't come we're not gonna be your friend anymore, we're gonna kick you out of our club, we're not gonna let you fellowship with us anymore and be our friend and I had to make a decision in that hour between the party spirit and the spirit of almighty God, I'm so glad in that hour that I made the decision to not go with the party spirit of the world, but to go with the spirit of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Is it all right if I preach just a little bit? I saw some people were starting to fall asleep, so I thought... No, that wasn't that. It was the power of God hit me is what it is. You glad you attended church where the power of God can still hit the preacher? Amen? Oh, I'm just so glad. I'm just so glad that I, that I didn't go with that party spirit and, and I, and I went with the Spirit of God. That's what a real Christian does. I tell you what, if you're a real Christian, it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you some friends. It's gonna cost you some people that say that they're Christians, but they're really not Christian Christians. And some of those people are gonna walk away from you, but I'm telling you, love them, but let them walk away from you and you walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, broad is the way, wide is the avenue that leads to destruction. He said, many go in there at. But He said, narrow is the way, straight is the gate that leads to eternal life. And He says, few are they that enter in thereby. I want to be one of those few. How about you? Amen? So you got parties coming up at school. You don't have to get in on those parties, Spirit. Come up to the church. Let's have a party up here, bless God. We'll get people healed. We'll get people filled with the Holy Ghost. We'll have a, the joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Our parties ought to outdo the world's parties. Is that right? Amen. Glory to God. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you. See, Paul said, I warn you. Beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do, we should say, practice such things shall not, shall not what? Shall not what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Did Paul warn the people? And then finally, Revelation 22.15. Revelation 22.15. We'll close right here. Amplified Bible, but without without what? Without the kingdom of God. On the outside of the kingdom of God, as we get to the end of the book of Revelation, on the outside of the kingdom of God, these are people that didn't make it in. See, if you're not a for real Christian, you don't get in. We're looking at what you know things that we shouldn't be. He said, "Without or outside the kingdom of God are the dogs." are the dogs. That just means those who do not have a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who practice sorceries. Yes, that means magic. Art's all right. It also means controlling other people. It also has to do with drug abuse and impurity. There's that sexual thing again. The lewd, the adulterers, and the murderers, and idolaters and everyone who loves and deals in falsehood untruth error deception cheating I just felt impressed to say this did you know that we live in a pornographic society I said we live in a pornographic society how many guess that beside me how many of you know you can't even walk down the mall anymore and not be have pornography right up in front of you in one form or another is that right how many of you know it's hard to, you, to check out at Walmart with not having magazines and things that are sticking right in your face? That is that right? How many of you know it's hard to watch even a good, clean television show and the commercials come on? It's a pornographic society, isn't it? Yes, it is. Dear friends, we need to step up. Let's be real Christians. Let's take authority over those things. Let's keep our minds stayed on the Lord. When those things flash up in front of you, let's turn, let's turn away from it. Can you say amen? amen. You just don't know. You could be in the line at Walmart and there could be a picture of a half-naked woman in front of you and you could turn away and somebody could see that and ask you, why did you turn your head away? And you could say, because I'm I'm a for-real Christian. That could get somebody saved. How many of you know you're probably going to get more people saved by your actions maybe than your words? Is that right? Could be. What's the main thing we should be? We should be lovers. Lovers lovers of God and lovers of man. Jesus said by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have what? If you have love one for another. Hope you got something out of this today. Stand with me if you would. Praise God. Stand with me in the presence of a holy God. Praise God forevermore. The ushers can get ready. We're going to receive the uh, offering for the Mercy Ministries. Go ahead and uh, be getting that ready, dear friends. Praise God. But while you're getting that ready, we're going to receive an offering for Mercy Ministries. Give the best you can. Now you see, you won't hear me say this when we receive our tithes and our offerings for the church. You'll never hear me say this, what I'm about to say now.